You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Friday. March the 4th. Happy Friday, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today and every day. And thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day. We are free and easy to find on every single podcasting platform as well as on YouTube. Thank you for watching. If you are watching on YouTube, up to over 600 subscribers on the channel. So thank you very much. And if you're listening on a podcasting platform, thank you as well. My name is Lucas Smith. Thanks uh, once again for tuning in to Locked on Cardinals. Sadly, we still are without baseball as the lockout has continued despite 10 days of negotiating, including a nearly 14, 15-hour consecutive negotiation period. Uh, we are still without baseball. So we'll be talking about that a little bit today, but we're also going to stick to some baseball talk with the Cardinals, talk about the Hall of Fame class, talk about we're going to continue the series, talk about where the Cardinals rank within the division on certain topics. One of them today will be the bullpen Supposed to have three of them this week, but with the Alec Burleson interview um, happening on Tuesday, only three shows a week still during the lockout for Locked On Cardinals. We're going to have four next week. We'll talk about the rest of the options with the uh, rankings within the division. Going to be a fun week, uh, but sadly we'll, we are going to start with the lockout. Um, and the update on that is it, it just continues to get worse and worse for baseball. The owners, Manfred, the union, Tony Clark, players – could not come together on a deal, and it was announced that the first two seas- two series of the season are postponed, or not postponed, are canceled, excuse me, and the MLB has come out and said, hey, we're not, um, we're not, we're not making up games. Um, we, we are canceling games, players not be paid. That could be a point of contention here in future negotiations, and that could be a whole other thing as well, uh, but, but nevertheless... We, we move on and we, we just deal with what we have. We deal with the problem at hand right now, and that is the fact that we are still going to be without baseball. Spring training still is yet to happen. Um, spring training is delayed at least until next week if a deal is reached by then. I know that Thursday, lead negotiators for both sides met, but it it's just one of those things that, that is just overly frustrating because you had Monday night or Sunday night, excuse me, day before the deadline, uh, maybe it was Monday night. I don't know. It all runs together at this point where you had reports of optimism, reports of, hey, we might be able to get a deal done soon. If not, in this session, we'll go till you know the 5 p.m. quote-unquote deadline that was set um, on Tuesday, extended the self-imposed deadline. You had some optimism. And then all of a sudden, Tuesday, the report started to change. Players said, hey, our tone hasn't changed at all. It's media reporting different things. Who knows what the real truth is? You can believe what you want to believe. The 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 the, the fact, the the without a doubt fact is that neither side were able to come to a deal, able to come to an agreement, and we are still without baseball. And they they seem to get closer on certain issues. CBT still seems to be a major a tipping point, one way or the other. Uh, a, a large large difference still remains in the um, competitive balance decks, the CBT. That's disappointing. Some things that we are likely to see, a 12 to 14 team postseason. I would much rather it be 12 teams. Keep the postseason, you know, still somewhat um, somewhat exclusive, but still expanded. I understand the desire for playoff expansion. Uh, The universal DH, you might see some smaller bases or larger bases, excuse me. 
might see a lot of different things in the next CBA if we ever get one. But they're still far apart on league minimums. They're far apart on the CBT. They're, they seem to be farther apart still on draft pools and lotteries and things of that nature. So you could go one or two routes, or you could say, hey, we got some optimism, or you could say, hey, we're still really far apart on key issues. It's not like they're far apart on little things. They're very far apart on key issues that I still think are going to take a long time for the, the two sides to come together and say, hey, let's get a deal done. Let's do this. Um, it was nice to have at least a little bit of negotiations finally, because I've been saying this for a while. A lot of people have. Where was this 10-day consecutive or yeah, 10 days consecutive negotiating period in December, in January, even February. Where was the you know, 14, 15, 16-hour consecutive negotiating period in December, in January, in February? It's just one of those, one of these items that we still talk about is the league just missing. It, 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 it's, it's a, it's a, just another example of these things being so frustrating because these negotiations could have been happening at this level for a much longer time rather than just right at the deadline. And I get that deadlines spur decision-making. You know, when you have a deadline, you know, it's what procrastinators do best is are under the heat of a deadline. And I know that because I'm a procrastinator. I understand these things. When there's a deadline, yeah, when you get closer to that, to that deadline, things start ramping up. But with this, when you, you know, it's a little bit different when you're talking about a homework assignment in class versus a collective bargaining agreement for Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. I feel like that might be a little bit more important thing where you don't want to maybe procrastinate on that. Um, so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it because my, my thoughts are out there. You know my thoughts. It's frustrating. Whatever side you're on, whether you want to say you're on the player's side or you're on the owner's side, you're on neither side, whether you want to call it millionaires versus billionaires, whether you want to call it employers versus employees, whatever you want to call this debate, we can have those conversations. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it today. It's a Friday. We're going to have some fun on this Friday. Next week, um, Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects and Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals did their own crossover, um, detailing a little bit more information on the negotiations and the finances behind it. So, Next week, we're going to share clips of that show on this sh- on this show, and I'm going to go through it, give my thoughts, and give, you know just kind of give my perspective on those things. If you want to listen to the whole whole episode, it's on Locked On MLB Prospects on uh, wherever you get your podcasts as well. So go ahead and listen to that. Um, we're we're going to spend the rest of today talking about baseball. I've only spent six seven minutes talking about the lockout, much as I can handle, because it's frustrating. I don't want to be frustrated on Friday. I don't want to frustrate you guys on a Friday. We're going to continue to talk baseball. Okay, we're going to talk about the bullpen rankings in the post in the, for the Cardinals and the rest of the division, and where the, they they could rank coming into 2022. Because I think that we need to just talk about baseball right now. Okay, talk about that as well as as I mentioned um, the Hall of Fame class what um, was announced. Uh, Hall of Fame uh, votees were announced. Who they can who the Cardinals can vote for for the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. Talk about all that and just a little bit more coming up here in just a moment on Locked on Cardinals. But first, I want to tell you about a way that you can have a delicious treat while remaining healthy, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar are the candy bar that tastes like, excuse me, they're a protein bar that tastes 
like a candy bar. That's how good they are. I get them mixed up in my head all the time. They also have a Built Bar Puff, which is a protein-infused marshmallow treat. That is right. Fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat covered 100% in chocolate, just like a Built Bar. So if you want a delicious treat and stay healthy, get yourself some Built Bars. You can also go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and be blown away by how healthy these things are. Most Built Bars are at 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Candy bars have much higher numbers, much unhealthier numbers in all of those categories. So don't have a candy bar. Get a Built Bar. You can choose from countless flavors. Mint brownie, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream was their February flavor. Built.com has limited time flavors coming out often, so be sure to check out Built.com often. And if I haven't enticed you enough, Go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. One more time, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. When you think bullpen and when you think Cardinals, when you think Cardinal bullpen, you think, or at least I think, it's the area that the Cardinals need to be aggressive at when this lockout ends. Get some signings. I know Joe Kelly has been a name floated around. It was reported last week that he said that he wants to return to the Dodgers. So you don't know if that's a a reliable option. Maybe they go out and get a Ryan Tapera. Maybe they go out and trade for Craig Kimbrell even. Um, Who knows? Uh, A couple different options. As well as from the left side, the Cardinals are going to need some help. I've talked about it a lot as a Brad Schaefen to replace um, an Andrew Miller or maybe even a Bra- or Andrew Schaefen, excuse me, or a Brad Hand. Options are out there in the bullpen. Because when you look at their 2021 numbers from a relief standpoint, from the Cardinals, you get you get uh, you, know, you don't get very great results. When you look at the ERA in terms of ranking um, within the rest of the National League, the St. Louis Cardinals were at a three nine seven ERA. That is seventh lowest in the National League, and the other NL Central teams are pretty close because you've got the Brewers sitting at 4.02, that's 8th. Cubs at 4.39, that's ninth. Pirates at 4.55, that's 10th. Cincinnati Reds are actually last in the Central and 13th in the National League overall with a 4.99 ERA. You go into a different couple of different numbers that I like to look at because with bullpen, ERA can't be the defining factor. It's just too unpredictable. ERA isn't always the best factor. So you look at whip, walks plus hits over innings pitched, so on average about how many base runners they're allowing per inning. Brewers relievers had a 1.30. That was sixth in the National League, first in the NL Central. Cardinals then at 1.32. That is seventh in the National League. Cubs were at 1.34. Reds at 1.38. Pirates at 1.39. And then the good old um, opponent batting average, Cardinals actually had the lowest among the National League Central teams at 222, and that was tied for second in the entire National League. So you middle of the pack for a lot of these, and then you jump up to second for the Cardinals with the batting average. Cubs were actually tied for fourth with the Brewers at 226. You've got the Reds then at 236, and the Pirates are at 10th in the National League at 241. To the bullpen, a team is only as good as their bullpen, especially when you get into October. You see the teams with great bullpens usually come out on top, usually come out victorious, and the Cardinals are going to need to shore up that bullpen because what killed the Cardinal bullpen, especially early on, were walks, walks per nine. Because the walks per nine, the Cardinals were not good at. They were dead last in the National League, 4.54. Their relievers were walking 4.54 batters per nine innings. That is not good. And their, their strikeouts per nine innings were lower than the middle of the pack. They were 11th at 
excuse me, 8.86 strikeouts per nine, and that sets their strikeout to walk ratio at 1.95. That is the lowest in the National League. They were the only team that were under two strikeouts to walk ratio. So for every um, to for every 1.95 strikeouts, or they're walking uh, a batter as well. So not not a great ratio. You don't want a one to one ratio there when it comes to strikeouts and walks. Um, walks were the issue. And that was early on a lot, late in the season, early on overall, and late in the season specifically for Alex Reyes as he kind of fell off the table. The Cardinal bullpen is a fascinating one because you do have some excitement. You've got, you know, if Alex Reyes returns to a bullpen role, there, there is some, some uh, thoughts on whether or not he'll be a starter. Um, wants to try to have a starter. You're going to have Jordan Hicks, who also is reported wanting to be a starter, but he could be electric in the bullpen, you've got some exciting young names as well. Cody Whitley is a name that I'm extremely excited for. Ryan Helsley, who was hurt a large portion of the season last year. Genesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, obviously exciting. But it, it's coming to this point, especially for guys like Cabrera, for guys like Gallegos and Helsley, these guys that have been around a little bit, starting to get to that veteran status a tad bit, maybe a little bit more with Gallegos. It's time to produce, you know, great numbers it's time to not just look good or not just have the potential but time to to really produce on the numbers Giovanni Gallegos did so last year he was phenomenal reliever of the year for the St. Louis Cardinals I think he should be the closer even if Alex Reyes is in the bullpen I think Giovanni Gallegos should be the closer we saw Reyes just not really have any not have the ability down the stretch to handle close games he came susceptible to the long ball late in the season that could have been due to overuse and um Overuse in the sense, you know, that his pitches were flat, wasn't able to get the same bite. But at some point, when you were walking as many players as Alex Reyes was walking, you were going to get hurt. And he got hurt a handful of times, you know, giving up a five to one, six to one lead against the Cubs comes to mind. Grand Slam against the Brewers comes to mind. Home run against the Pirates comes to mind late in the season. All those happened late in the season. I think the Cubs one was the earliest, and that was in June. So you just, I, I don't, I wouldn't trust Alex Reyes in the ninth inning. Uh, until he earns that spot back. But even then, if 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 you give it to Alex Reyes to start the year, uh, or excuse me, if you give it to Giovanni Gallegos to start the year and he runs away with it, there's no need to give it back. Because I don't think that, that, you know, just because if Reyes had it last year and he could earn it back doesn't mean that he's entitled to it if he performs. If he performs well as the eighth inning guy, seventh inning guy, or even as a spot starter, a long reliever, great, let him flourish in that role. But even with all the excitement and the, and the upside in this bullpen, it's still one that just needs help. You saw Luis Garcia and TJ McFarland come in last year and save this bullpen because now, I talked about it a lot, Mike Schultz didn't have just those three arms of Reyes, Cabrera, and Gallegos. Now he had two other arms that he could go to, and especially with TJ McFarland being a double plays machine out there on the mound. Getting double plays left and right, somebody you could bring in and expect a ground ball. And they got T.J. McFarland back. They lost Luis Garcia to the Padres. So they, I think they, in a perfect world in my mind, they're bringing in two high-leverage arms, right-hander and a left-hander. Not, you know, T.J. McFarland and Luis Garcia worked out. They, they did. Uh, Wade DeBlanc worked out enough, but the Cardinals need to bring in some high-leverage arms. I know Wade DeBlanc was a starter for most of his Cardinal tenure, but the Cardinals need high-leverage arms. They need arms that can, you know, maybe not a closer, Great, good to great options that you can bring in in the you know fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth inning, and be comfortable with your chances. Okay, I think Joe Kelly is a great option if you're able to convince him to come to St. Louis, or come back to St. Louis. Excuse me, 
the price tag on him might be a little bit high. Uh, but the, the bullpen, I think, is one of the weaker areas the Cardinals have. And when you look around the division, you know, it's not exceptionally strong. You, you, there's not really a whole lot that separates these teams in terms of their bullpen. The Brewers obviously have a phenomenal bullpen with Josh Hader and St. Louis and Freddie Peralta, not Freddie Peralta, uh, Devin Williams in, in the back end there. The Brewers pitching staff as a whole is just absolutely ridiculous. There's a reason I ranked uh, the Brewers' starting staff as the top team in the division, the top rotation in the division. And if you listen to um, Monday's show, and even the bullpen is just phenomenal. And I think that you know the, these these teams in the Central Division are going to have to make improvements in order to separate themselves in the bullpen standpoint. You know, the, ro- the rotation, I think, is pretty much set for these teams. I don't think a lot of rotation moves are coming. Uh, the Brewers have already made an offensive move, signing um, or going to need to make an offensive move, losing of Cl Garcia. And they also traded for Hunter Renfro as an outfield bat as well. So you're going to see some offensive moves there. The Cubs are going to need to find some way to replace Bryant, Baez, and Rizzo. They've already got their pitching moves kind of handled with Miley and Stroman. You've got the... Pirates that I don't think they're going to make any moves as well as the Reds because uh, I just see the Reds, if anything, losing starting pitching. I think they're going to lose Castillo. They could lose Sonny Gray as well, um, or at least Castillo. His name's been brought up in trade rumors a lot. So I don't see a lot of starting pitching help coming. Maybe the bullpen help for all these teams is coming. So it's, it's really hard to rank these teams right now with where they're at. But I, I, I just think you're going to see the, the Pirates in, in, in fifth when it comes to the, the final bullpen ranking. You're going to see the the Cubs come in fourth because I just their bullpen wasn't great last year. They lost Andrew Chafin, who was one of their top bullpen arms. And then they, they get worse with, with losing him. And they haven't really made a, a bunch of moves to bring anybody back outside of Miley and Stroman, as I mentioned. So I go Pirates five, Cubs four, and then I go Reds three. But again, those three are really kind of a toss-up in terms of who's going to be bad on a worse day. Reds might have a little bit more depth with um, Hoffman maybe coming in every once in a while. Um, uh, Garrett is somebody that, that can be effective at times. But, you know, when they got rid of uh, Rossiel Iglesias, that was a tough loss because I, I really liked what Iglesias brought to the mound. I think that he's a dominant closer when he's at his, at his best and, you know, performed decently well in L.A. last year. I go Cardinals 2 and I go Brewers 1, but again – the, the the difference in the so when, when I look at the rotation it was also Brewers one Cardinals two right but I think they're they're neck and neck I think they're close closer than other people think minimum I think that that rotation for the Cardinals has a chance to just be really strong okay but when I look at the road the bullpen rankings it, it it's a little farther apart I think you know what two through four or excuse me, two through five are pretty close you know obviously some separation because of that it's a ranking it's a separation. Um, but at the end of the day, the Brewers just had the best bullpen. I know Hader might be faulting a little bit. I know Williams hurt himself late in the year last year, but that bullpen is still pretty dominant. You know, I'm not they're not the, the Dodgers level per se, but we, we looked at the numbers and the Brewers tend to separate themselves more than the other uh bullpen arms did or bullpen teams did. So for me the Brewers are without a doubt the best bullpen in the National League is central. Now, that said, if the Cardinals were able to go out and get a high-leverage righty and a high-leverage lefty to help replace Luis Garcia and Andrew Miller, then that puts them in the conversation. But right now, you know, with, with it being the biggest area of improvement for the Cardinals, it's hard for me to rank them anything higher than second. But it's still, I think, stronger than the other teams in the division, even with 
the, the <laughs> wildness of the team last season, I think this is a strong bullpen. Let me know what you think in the YouTube comment section below, or you can email the show, lockedoncards at gmail.com. You can also tweet, uh, tweet, DM me on Twitter at LJFastball, DM the show on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals, or on Instagram, same um, username there, LO underscore Cardinals. So let me know what you think about the Cardinals' bullpen scenario uh, for 2022. There's no doubt that they need to bring some arms in. They need to make some improvements. But I still think that within the National League Central, they're okay. Now, the National League Central is a weaker division, in my opinion, and if they expand to 12 teams, you're only going to need 82 to 86 wins to qualify for the postseason. So in that case, then I think the Cardinals look really good for a postseason spot. But if you want to win win your division and, and set yourself up best for the playoffs and have a good regular season, I think a, a bullpen is what's needed for that. A good bullpen is what's needed for the Cardinals, and that would include making some moves here this offseason. So uh, that, that'll do it for the bullpen ranking. So again, next week we'll, we're going to go through other facets of the Cardinal um, team and what they rank in the division. We'll have at least four shows next week. We're going to go over the lineup, uh, what the, how the lineup ranks with other teams, as well as the defense. Spoiler alert, defense is going to be really good. Uh, The manager ranks as well as overall ranks in the division. So exciting stuff next week. But again, with that Alec Burleson interview this week and didn't record on Ash Wednesday or uh, yesterday. uh, So we'll uh, be looking at that. And then again, roundtables coming up with discussion with me and the other NL Central hosts are coming up um, the week after that. Uh, so the week of St. Patrick's Day. So that'll be super, super fun. But that's where the bullpen talks are going. Uh, take one more quick break, and then I'm talking about the Cardinals announced their 2022 Hall of Fame class. Kind of go through just, just, just the names, and only one person gets in this year, and that makes it that much more difficult. So talking about all that and more coming up here in just a moment. But this episode is also brought to you in part by Bet Online. Because football season is over, but basketball season is ramping up. Conference tournaments are already starting this weekend. March Madness is right around the corner. Pro hoops are post-All-Star break. They're getting ready for the postseason. So for all the latest odds, totals, player performances, props, and to even where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.com. Net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Bet online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. So the 2022 Hall of Fame ballots will feature Steve Carlson, George Hendrick, Matt Holliday, as well as Matt Morris and Edgar Renteria. Um, Hendrick and Holliday are the two additions to the team, or to, to the ballot, rather. And it was kind of funny. It was X amount of number of years ago, the, just the other day, that Steve Carlton was traded away, and now he's on the 22 Hall of Fame ballot. So they, for, for this, they only look at their Cardinal careers um, voting is going to f- for who gets in or not. So the voting is going to be from March 5th through April 15th, and the enshrinement happens uh, later this season on August 27th. Uh, 47 members currently in the Cardinals Hall of Fame, according to the article on MLB.com. Kind um, of just kind of going through. You got some really good options. George Hendrick, for those who don't know, is nicknamed Silent George, um, and it says here, quote, because of his low-key personality and his refusal to speak to the media. End quote. He he had the game-winning RBI in Game 7 of the World Series in 1982. He was on the team for 78 to 84. 
led this franchise in home runs at RBIs from 80 to 83. Um, so he was, I think, sometimes a forgotten dominant hero in the late 70s, early 80s for the Cardinals. And as I mentioned, Steve Carlson, National Hall of Fame member, if he were a lifetime Cardinal, he'd be in the Cardinal Hall of Fame already, in my opinion, but just does not have that red jacket. Um, won 75 games before turning 27 years old. Other pitcher on the ballot, Matt Morris, won 101 games with the Cardinals from 97 to 2005. Another arm that I think people forget about a lot. 18 complete games, two all-star appearances from 97 to 2005 for Morris. Edgar Renteria, I think, was the last you know, long tenure, just really above average shortstop the Cardinals have had for more than just a couple of years. He was a Cardinal from 99 to 2004. Um, he was a three-time All-Star, Silver Slugger Award, two-time Gold Glove Award winner with the St. Louis Cardinals. And then we all know about Matt Holiday, World Series champion, um, was really an anchor in the lineup with, with Albert those days. So I'll have to do a little bit more research in terms of, you know, if I had, and I guess I do have a vote, I could just go to... Um, you know, the website and, and vote, but you know, who I would vote for, because I think it's good that only, you know, one person gets in. I think that if, if the Cardinals continue to do two each year for the player or from the fan vote, then it starts to kind of get diluted uh, at some point. Uh, but again, to, just to kind of run through everybody's numbers, these are just on the Cardinal website. Uh, Steve Carlson from 65 to 71, 310 ERA, 1.28 whip, 66 complete games and 1,200 innings, uh, 172 total starts. George Hendrick, 294, 345, 470, the slash line, 582 RBIs, 122 home runs, throwing 187 doubles over uh, close to 900 career games. Matt Holiday, 293, 380, 494, 616 RBI, 237 doubles, 156 home runs, 900 games there, 982 to be exact. Matt Morris, 101 wins, as I mentioned. 361 ERA, a tad high. 1.27 whip, 18 complete games, 8 shutouts as well, and 1,377 and a third innings pitched. And Edgar Renteria from 1999, excuse me, to 2004, 290, 347, 420, the batting average, 451 runs driven in, 207 doubles, and he was the speed demon of the group with 148 stolen bases across 903 career games. Let me know who you plan on voting for. I believe you can vote at least once a day, but let me know who gets your vote for the Cardinals Hall of Fame as that voting starts on the 5th of March. Uh, That's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, I will wrap up with more lockout uh, conversations. Just that the I, I I don't understand why they're still not meeting. I understand taking a couple of days after Tuesday to kind of recollect your thoughts and get back. You know they had an informal meeting. The lead negotiators did on Thursday. I don't know why they're not meeting today. And by the time this is posted, and you know they could already have had a meeting and a deal. I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, they need to be meeting every day until this deal gets done, in my opinion. But uh, be sure to tune back in next week. As I mentioned, a lot of good stuff coming next week, talking about Cardinals' ranks within the division, among lineups, defense, managers, and revealing the overall ranking um, for the Cardinals within their division. It's going to be a good week of Locked on Cardinals content. And maybe, just maybe, a hard maybe, we'll have news on the lockout being ended and baseball resuming and will be flourished with um, off-season moves and uh, trades and free agent signings. But uh, until then, I um, hope you guys have a good weekend. I'll be in Dallas officiating, so super excited for that, officiating some uh, club basketball games in uh, Arlington to be specific. Uh, but until I talk to you guys on Monday, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.